I had this entire last week to spend with the seminarians and the first thought that comes to my mind as they're about to leave me very soon here is thank the Lord for the gift of celibacy. I don't know how you parents do it, to be honest with you, how you can take care of children constantly and do one activity after another and still have time to pray and to read and reflect. I've never been so exhausted in my entire life. But it's been really a great gift to have the seminarians here this past week. It's been one thing after another. And the reason we've been so busy is because so many of you have opened your homes and invited us in. It's been just such a good gift and encouragement for us parishioners to see them and for my own priesthood always. You know, the parable of Christ today can also be reflected in any goal that we have in life, in any dream that we have. And I'll say just, I'll use that example in one way with vocational discernment as an interlude. Many people, young people, receive the calling of Christ as a seed that is offered to them. And very few of them actually ever respond to the calling of the priesthood. And it's exactly as Christ says it here. Many receive the call of the priesthood without understanding it. They don't understand the gift that is being offered to them. And because they don't understand it, it doesn't go from their mind into their hearts and the evil one steals it away. Others will receive the call of the priesthood and they'll receive it with joy at once and immediate, you know, great emotion and exaltation. But because they don't have roots, their soil is very short, thin. As soon as the trials come, whether it's parents or friends start to oppose them or they see a beautiful person of the opposite sex, then that's when the sun rises, the temptations come and the seed can wither away. Also, you have those who receive the word, allow it to grow, they enter into formation, but little by little, the, the weeds of the world begin to grow around, the worldly allurements and the riches of the world being offered, and it chokes up the seed. And then there are those few who receive the word on fruitful soil, open to the Lord, and they're able to persevere to the end. And that's how it is with every, every dream, right? To those who have more, more will be given. To those who have less, even what they have will be taken away. It's, it takes a lot of effort and intentionality to succeed in anything. So that's why they need your prayers so much. So when you talk about the goals of everything, why, what was the goal of Christ when he became man? Why did Jesus Christ come into our world? It's for two reasons. To teach us the way to get to heaven to gain salvation of our soul, and to purchase that, to make that journey efficacious by his own passion, death, and resurrection. So all the ways that God tries to plant the seeds of grace in our hearts is referring to those seeds of salvation. Everything he did is for the salvation of our souls, and that's what the kingdom of heaven refers to. And the first thing to note here with the sower is the absolute generosity of the sower. I mean, this guy, he's just throwing his seed everywhere, almost irresponsibly. Doesn't matter if it's on pathways, on rocky soil, in places where there are many weeds, he's throwing it in all the places. And this is a reflection of the gratuitous and over-generous, over-abundant love of God. God is the one who pours himself out irrespectively of every human being. The wicked and the good, he allows his sun and his rain to shine on all. Because God, his only desire is the salvation of our soul. 
And he does every single thing that he can at every moment to give us the seeds of salvation. It's, that's why the scriptures say it's God's will that all men be saved. It means that God is constantly working to save our souls. But there's a saying, God created us without our help, but he will not save us without our help. We must respond to his grace. And that's why this parable is actually one of the most intimidating parables of the scripture. Because it's as if the odds seem to be against us. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, tells us that only one out of four individuals who receive the seeds of salvation, his word and his sacrament, his efforts, will actually bear fruit. That's a very low number, one out of four. And it's not the fault of God who is the sower, nor is it the fault of the seed that is being sown. What does he say the fault is? The ground that receives the seed. That's on us. You know, that's why I tell people, you know what the absolute worst thing about being espoused to Jesus Christ is? Like the absolute worst thing? Whenever there's a problem in the relationship, I know it's my fault. You know, it's like I've never heard Jesus say, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. That was, that was my bad. I overreacted. It's always me. But I get used to it. He's always forgiven. But God is always faithful. So if there's a problem in my relationship with Christ, my relationship with the church, my relationship with the truth that he revealed to us for the salvation of our souls, it's not on God. It's never on God. That's on every one of us. It's my hard, rocky, thorny heart that keeps his grace from growing within me. So what are the reasons that Christ gives that different hearts fail to bear fruit of salvation? First off, as we noted, we cannot blame the sower. Jesus identifies himself as a sower and his seed was still rejected. Right, so many people will say, I rejected the church because of the family I was raised in, or because of the priest that I had, or because of the church I went to, or because of the youth minister, whatever reason it might be. If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was perfect, sowed his seed amongst the people in his time, and he was rejected by the majority, what does that mean for every sower who comes after him? We who are so imperfect and have so many faults. The problem isn't with the sower, because we'll always fall short. And that's why the sower, you as parents, myself as a priest, or you as teachers, all that matters is not your imperfections, it's that you sow the seeds of Christ's word. You sow his truth. And neither can the blame be put on the seed itself, because the truth of Christ, the seeds of Christ, is the truth. And actually, the more we manipulate the seed, we alter it or try to enhance it to make it more accessible or make it more modern or up to date. What ends up happening is we actually destroy the seed. We see that even with our farming techniques. We can never enhance the truth of Jesus Christ as it was given in his own time. The problem is the same problem now as it was in every epoch before us. It's the problem with our human hearts. It's the problem with the soil. 
The truth of Christ has never been popular in this world, and it never will be the majority vote. Whether it be our problems with his teachings on sin, our need to go to confession, the reality of hell, our fight against the devil and the demons, the necessity of baptism for salvation, of receiving his body and blood in the Holy Eucharist, these seeds are all good. The problem is with the soil of the heart. And you see this with people, especially if you really want to get motivated for our faith, what I'd really suggest, look at near-death experiences. Look at people who died as atheists, as unbelievers, who'd fallen away from their faith, and then had an encounter with Jesus Christ and came back crying out his name. The one thing that I've seen in almost every near-death experience that I've heard about is there, when they say they stand before Jesus Christ, they said you're standing before the absolute truth. And in that moment, there's nothing I can say anymore to rationalize the reasons I rejected him. There's nothing else I can hide behind. I'm totally vulnerable and naked. And so when he's telling me about my life, all, showing me all the ways he was reaching out to save my soul, and all the ways I rejected him, all I can say is, yes, Lord, it's true. Yes, Lord, it's true. But it's very difficult because as we're living as human beings, we can always hide behind one reason or another and why the seed is bad or why the sower was bad. And that's the reason I reject the truth of Christ. It's always comes back to the same thing. It was my human heart. So the first thing to ask us ourselves, every one of us, first thing, do I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God come in the flesh to give me the grace to get to heaven, to sow the seeds of salvation into my life? Do I really believe that? Because I do, if I don't believe in the sower, then forget the seed. If Jesus Christ was just a good man, a nice moral man who taught me to love others, then okay, it doesn't really matter. Do I believe that Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh to save my soul? And I have the choice to say yes or no to him. And the second question, if the answer is yes to that, the question becomes, do I understand his teachings? Do I understand what Christ came to teach us? Because we cannot live what we do not understand. If we do not understand our faith, we lose it. And that's why he said any heart, the, the heart that receives the word without understanding it, it's the seed that fell on the hard path. And what happened? The devil comes by and scoops it up. That's what happens with so many souls, especially our young ones who go to college. They don't understand their faith. So the moment that it's hit, they have nothing. It never went into their hearts. They have nothing holding it there. Are there any teachings of the Catholic Church that I disagree with because I don't understand it? Is there anything that I say that I'm a Catholic but? Don't be a but Catholic. It's never good to be a but Catholic. That's a hard heart that doesn't receive his word into their hearts. Second thing, am I willing to suffer persecution for the teachings of Jesus Christ? To be different from the world, different from my family, different from the people around me. Because he says, one out of three, four of those ground soils, 
won't produce fruit because the sun of persecution will rise and it always arises in our lives. And since we don't have roots, our faith shrivels in the heat of tribulation. Or is my heart filled with the weeds of anxiety? Anxiety about worldly wealth, about prosperity, about what other people will think about me if I adhere to, the, to Jesus Christ? Or am I more concerned with money or sports than I am about the salvation of my soul? Those are the weeds that can grow up little by little and choke the word that has been sown within us. The soil that bears fruit is the soil that receives the word with understanding. Christ, he, that's the one complement to the, the soil that actually bears fruit. It's the one that receives it with understanding. The more we understand our Catholic faith, the more we understand the truths of Christ, the deeper we will take that into ourselves and bear very deep fruit. That's why it, it really hurts me every time I hear someone complain that Mass is too long because it's an hour and 15 minutes. It's like if we understood what is happening on the altar, this is your one chance to get fed with the Word every single week. That's why I try to put a lot of time in my homes. This is the one chance that you get the rest of the time you're in the world. You're going to be hearing messages from all over, getting seeds from the world at every moment. The more you understand what's happening in the Mass, and Christ's teachings, the more you're going to hunger for this. We need all the church that we get can get, especially in our times. If we do not understand our faith, little by little, it will be taken away from us. So my invitation to you is to take one thing, just one thing in your life that you do not understand about your faith, or you do not agree with that the Catholic Church teaches, whether it be on contraceptives, on going to, why we have to go to confession at least once a year, or after committing a mortal sin, like, okay, well, I don't even know what a mortal sin is. What's the difference between that and venial sin? It's a good thing to look up. Or in the four last things, the death, judgment, heaven, hell, or same-sex attraction, whatever you want. The church has reasons for everything that we believe, and it all comes back to Jesus Christ. So pick one thing that you're struggling with to understand. Take the time to go into it. Ask the Lord, reveal his truth to you. The more you understand, the deeper in your heart it will go and it will flourish. And the most important thing to understand in our faith, the most necessary seed of salvation for us to receive into the depths of our hearts is the most holy Eucharist. Because the more we understand that Jesus Christ is still becoming man, still taking on flesh every single time that we come to Mass, that I receive His body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. That's something when we take it into ourselves, it will transform our entire lives. It's almost impossible to lose your faith if you understand this truth. I mean, if you think about it, how could anyone ever leave the Catholic Church if they believe that Jesus Christ is truly present in the Holy Eucharist? Ask Christ when you receive him in the Holy Eucharist today. Or if you don't, just pray in your own heart. What does my heart look like to you, Lord? 
Is it a hard heart because it lacks understanding of the truths you came to teach? Is it a weak heart that is afraid to be different, afraid to fail, afraid of human beings' opinions? Is my heart filled with weeds because I'm more concerned with the things of the world than with eternity? And beg him, take my heart, Lord. It's yours. You're the gardener of my soul. Sow your seed in me. Cultivate it yourself. And by your grace, by the work of your hand, I will bear the fruit of salvation and will yield a hundredfold.